Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome back, episode 21 of Inside Illini Football. I'm News Gazette sports editor Matt Daniels, beat writer. Colin Likas is across the the large table we have here in the podcast headquarters here at the News Gazette. Colin, say hi to the folks. Hello to the folks. Um, <laughs> yep, we're back, episode 21. Um, fair amount to talk about today. Uh, got some... New news right out this morning. Uh, it's familiar to news we've seen in past years, but it's still news nonetheless because it's not every year, or at least not it's the same people every year, yeah. <laughs> who who get inclusion on a Hall of Fame ballot. Um, so, But the names are familiar. Mo Gardner, Kevin Hardy, Simeon Rice, all defensive guys, all guys who have been on the Hall of Fame ballot before for the College Football Hall of Fame. And it was announced today that they are going to be on the ballot for potential 2022 induction. Uh, so congrats to those guys again. Um, obviously, we, especially Bob Osmussen, have been writing for many years about their merits and why they should potentially get in. And uh, certainly their statistics say that they are, are worthy of potential induction. But obviously it's not up to us, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, congrats to those three guys yet again. Yeah, Simeon Rice, uh, Mo Gardner, Kevin Hardy, kind of defensive staples for Illinois football in, in the past. Uh, obviously Simeon Rice, I think, is probably the most uh, most well-known of, of the trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, 44 and a half career sacks in, in the early to mid-1990s with Illinois. Kevin Hardy, 1995 Butkus Award winner. Uh, Mo Gardner, just a force along uh, the defensive line in, in the late 80s, early 90s for Illinois. Uh, they'll get a chance to uh, uh, to add their name, possibly, to, to former Illini that uh, have made the, the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the most recent inductee was Dana Howard in 2018. Before that, you have to go back to 2006 with, uh, with David Williams. So we'll have to see yep. how their chances... Uh, go. I know Rice and Gardner have been on the ballot for quite some time, and these things kind of go in cycles. Um, and with Howard being the most recent inductee in 2018, maybe that plays against their their candidacy at all. Uh, but we'll have to just wait and see. But again, it seems to be kind of the annual uh, early summer <laughs> uh, moment for those guys to get their name on the ballot, which again, in, in and of itself, is a, a huge accomplishment. But uh, we'll have to just wait and see. What that means for them uh, moving forward, obviously the the class or the potential class is is full of great college football players from mm-hmm. from the past and uh, great coaches as well. So uh, curious to see how they, those guys fare on on this year's ballot. Yeah, I know Illinois football has struggled in recent years, but uh, it's certainly still surprising to me. And maybe it's maybe I'm just misinformed or underinformed. Obviously, I've not been on this beat very long, but the fact that only two Illinois guys have been name to the hall of fame uh, this this century <laughs> this millennium whatever you want to call it um 
it's kind of surprising to me, um, especially when you've got some really good talents there, especially a guy you know like Simeon Rice or a guy like Kevin Hardy, who I think their their merits are pretty pretty well known. Um, and maybe you know to a certain extent, maybe I'm also just thinking about NFL accomplishments as well, which obviously doesn't really factor into the college football mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, but still. Uh, these guys are pretty deserving, and hopefully uh, we can get at least one of them in here. But obviously, we have no say in that matter. So yeah, obviously Rice and, and Hardy are kind of kind of joined at the hip always in, yeah. in history since they were the uh, Kevin Hardy was the second pick in, in the 1996 draft out in New York City. Simeon Rice went third to the, uh, the I think they were the Phoenix Cardinals at the time, um, but still, uh, like you said, they had they had great uh, solid NFL careers. Mm-hmm. Um, Rice put up some great sack numbers playing for the Cardinals and, and Buccaneers most notably. And then uh, Mo Gardner, 1990, 1990 Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, played a few years in the NFL as well. Uh, so let's just wait and see uh, for those guys. But Illinois got 17 uh, Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, like I said earlier, Dana Howard, last one in 2018. David Williams actually t- 2005, not 06, so 2005. So a 13-year <laughs> gap in between inductees. So we'll have to wait and see. What that means for uh, for these these trio of, of candidates, kind of, I haven't taken a look at the the whole list. Have you at all? No, I've not. Okay. I know there's always a a plethora of Big Ten guys uh, as mm-hmm. well, and and former if Heisman you, Trophy if you winners. Keep talking and for a moment, <laughs> I could probably find it. <laughs> former Heisman Trophy winners, and I think they put in a, a co- uh, one or two coaches every year. Um, I think there, what, there's 78 names on the ballot, uh, I believe, and I think I don't think they have a set number. It's usually around 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, that usually go in uh, every year, and uh, they try to get some some FCS representation in there as as well. So oh, we got oh we got Big Ten names, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm doing this with it with just name and school, so I don't have years mm-hmm. years played here or positions or anything like that. But uh, Flozell Adams out of Michigan State, offensive tackle, uh, also large Mort- man, also Morton Anderson out of Michigan State, kicker, yep. great kicker, known in the NFL. I know mm-hmm. I, I know more again for <laughs> NFL than anything. Uh, Lavar Arrington out of Penn State, that's a name I recognize. I think uh, Elmer Hickman from Illinois football fullback is still uh, haunted by memories of LeVar Arrington <laughs> leaping over the Illinois offensive line. Uh, Larry Burton out of Purdue. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Right, <laughs> right below his name. Uh, this isn't a Big Ten name, but uh, Reggie Bush. So that's, right. that's kind of cool. It's a star-studded potential yeah. class. Um, here, here's a name uh, a lot of people would be familiar with. Dallas Clark out of Iowa. Uh, Rob Bielma is very familiar with yeah. him. Yep. Went on to be a very good NFL tight end. Is Bielma. he still active, technically? No. No, no he retired a, a while okay. ago. But Bielma coached him in Iowa. Yeah. Started off as a linebacker uh, yeah. with the Hawkeyes and then made the right move to, to tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Doss out of Ohio State. Defensive back. Yep. Uh, Robert Gallery out of Iowa. Big offensive lineman. There's I think drafted by the Raiders, I want to say, second or third overall. There's Mel Gardner. There's Kevin Hardy. Scrolling. We are scrolling. Uh, Steve Hutchinson out of Michigan. Another interior lineman. Uh, James Laurinaitis out of Ohio State. Linebacker, obviously, stud uh, for them. Dad was a famous WWE wrestler. A, a, a stud out of Ohio State, you say? <laughs> Shocking. Mark Messner out of Michigan. What was Michigan. his dad? Colin, you're, you're a pro wrestling Laurinaitis? Player. Would his yeah. dad have been John Laurinaitis? Yeah, he was part of the... His dad died, I know, last year. Oh, then it's not John Laurinaitis because John Laurinaitis is still alive. It, there are a few Laurinaitises in the. He was uh, part of. Uh, he wore world. spikes on his shoulders. Oh, I part think. of uh, the Road Warriors. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yes, that would make sense. <laughs> My uh, wife and I were having this conversation the other about night. About the Road Warriors? Well, no, a and E's <laughs> doing these biographies. Okay. Recently, I don't know if you had a chance to see them. They're pretty cool. They're informative. I wasn't a... Yeah, we got to see them. I wasn't a big pro wrestling fan growing sure. up at all, but uh, I've watched a few of these on TV recently. They're pretty interesting, and okay. um, that's kind of how the discussion started. Gotcha. Not to digress from college football. No, I understand. <laughs> uh, Mark... Did I say Mark Messner? Yeah, Mark Messner out of Michigan, I think was the, the one I left off at. And I should really know how to say this dude's last name, especially because he was in the NFL semi-recently before <laughs> retiring as a linebacker. Paul Poslesny yep, out of Penn, Penn State. State. <laughs> uh, Antoine Randall-L out okay. of Indiana. Uh, for, former News Gazette All-State Football yeah. Player of the Year from Thornton. There's Simeon Rice. Troy Vincent out yep. of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Zach we- Weigert, Weigert out Weigert. of Nebraska. Offensive lineman. Uh, Steve Wisniewski out of Penn State. Yep, offensive lineman as Those well. Those are all your players. Okay. We've gotten into the coaching part, and uh, yeah, I'm done scrolling. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that's about good. We've got all the players, so that's, that sounds good to me. Yeah, Big Ten obviously well represented. I don't even see any. Uh, oh, here you go. Uh, coaching side, Peter Catan out of Eastern Illinois. Okay. There you go. Uh, That's a not, name. Does not ring a bell. <laughs> no? All right. No, C-A-T-A-N. I might be pronouncing that wrong. I, I, I'm, Catton, blank, I'm blanking on it right now, Colin. But so he's in the bad. coaching. Don't don't disown me. <laughs> I just know how much you appreciate the IU stuff. So, <laughs> but no no Big Ten candidates in the coaching side. So I uh, figured I'd bring that name up. But, All uh, right. A lot, yep. of, a lot of Hall of Fame talk to, to start off this, this podcast. Yeah. Hopefully you guys saw Sunday's uh, News Gazette, uh, Bob Osmus and Etta. A column uh, of Brett Bielema, who was on uh, DWS Airwaves on Saturday morning on Illini Pellis Sports Saturday Sports Talk with Steve mm-hmm. Kelly and, and Lauren Tate, and touched on a bunch of topics, uh, notably recruiting, which is picking up steam yes. uh, this month uh, with recruits able to actually visit the University of Illinois right. campus and the coaches able to evaluate them and, and camps later on this month. So um, another noteworthy aspect that came out of uh, Bielema's appearance on Saturday as well that Bob touched on briefly. We're going to talk a little bit more about it here right now. Uh, Mike Epstein. Um, yep. Bielema was pretty upfront and honest with uh, with what he knew, and he <laughs> said he doesn't know what the status <laughs> said, of... Don't know. That's literally what he uh, said. ...of Mike Epstein is uh. for the, the 2021 season, which is intriguing because mm-hmm. the season's less than three months away. He didn't go through any sort of spring ball uh, with Illinois. Missed one game last year for undisclosed reasons. Don't really know if it was an injury related. Uh, obviously, injuries have kind of plagued his career at, at Illinois. But when he has been on the field and he has been healthy, he's been a productive running back for the Illini. Uh, we saw that in flashes last season. Um, the most veteran player on the Illinois roster. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's intriguing because we don't know the status of a potential top running back for Illinois less than three months uh, before the season. Colin, what did you kind of, when, when you saw those and you tried to kind of read between the lines, what did you kind of kind of take of, of Bieleman's assessment right now of, yeah. of Epstein's situation? Yeah, I don't know if there's much reading between the lines to do because he's had, Bieleman has the same approach to that question throughout the last several months, pretty much ever since he's gotten here and been asked about Epstein. It's always been, it's, a, it's in Mike's, the ball is in Mike's court basically. Um, it sounds like you would like to have him around, which, I mean, why wouldn't you? He's done some good things in Illinois when he's been healthy, but I think Bielema's being pretty forthright. I mean, sometimes coaches, you know, they, they, they can hide stuff or you can read between the lines and kind of figure out, you know, okay, that he's, he's really saying this mm-hmm. and he he's means this or mm-hmm. something like that. But I think with Epstein, it's really just, 
Epstein's still kind of at home in Florida. Maybe he hasn't made a decision, or maybe he just hasn't told the Illinois coaching staff of his decision. It's it, it's really, we, until we hear from Mike Epstein himself, I mean, I, I don't know that there's anything to really take away as far as an, uh, an official update on him. Um, Illinois' running back room, I think, is in good, okay to good shape, even if Mike Epstein doesn't come back. Chase Brown um, obviously showed a lot last year in getting increased workload. Chase Hayden, I think, has been pretty impressive. Uh, he looked impressive in the spring mm-hmm. game anyway. And Reggie Love the third, I think, could step up. I don't think he's a Mike Epstein replacement necessarily. I think there's some work to go before you get to that level. But I think Reggie Love the third could be a solid third option. And, you know, usually if you have two good running backs anyway, you're in good shape. So not to leave Mike Epstein out in the cold, but I think Illinois – I think part mm-hmm. of the reason Bielema has not been so concerned with giving these long, verbose responses to questions about Mike Epstein is he feels comfortable with his running back room. And why shouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. Like like you said, they've got uh, a known quantity there in, in Chase Brown. Uh, Chase Hayden seems to uh, possess some good skills and, and add some depth to that, that spot. And if, you, if Epstein does come back, that's only a, a benefit for right. Illinois. In the running back room, uh, he's rushed for almost 1,200 yards in his Illinois career. Uh, like I said, he's it's well documented the the injury history that he is yeah. he's had to endure and, and overcome, and he, I'm sure he's weighing a lot of factors when it comes to oh, yeah. uh, whether he wants to play. You know, one more season at Illinois, yep. you would have to think just from a pure scheme standpoint. Uh, with Tony Peterson's offense and Brett Bielema's history of running the football mm-hmm. at, a, at a high volume and a great rate, that would be a a good opportunity for Epstein to to showcase his skills even more. But then again, you have to think long term as well, and and yeah. have to think when you're you know in your forties and you're playing with your kids. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Uh, are you going to be able to get him off the ground with ease? Yep, he's right. had a lot of knee injuries he's had to deal with, and and leg issues he's had to deal with, and he's only what twenty one, twenty two mm-hmm. years yep. old, so. A lot of factors weigh into that, but we'll uh, we'll keep monitoring that situation and uh, all that. Wish again, wish nothing but the best to oh, yeah. to Epstein and, and his family. He's been nothing but a class act and, and represented Illinois the the right way on and off the field uh, during his time here at, at Illinois. And, and we'll see if that continues into the twenty twenty one season. Oh, I agree. And uh, you know, moving to players who are still who are currently here in Illinois, I guess I should say. Mike Epstein could be part of this if he decides to come back or if he just decides to play college football somewhere else, I guess. That could always be a possibility. I I doubt it at this point. I think it's Illinois or nothing. But anyway, um, looking at guys who are currently here, uh, you want to talk about name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. a little bit because that's something that's gained a lot of traction it's been in here. been the news here the last couple yep, days. Yep, in the last few days. It was something that, you know, Brett Bielema has been on top of. He compiled part of his staff to actually go ahead and deal with that as soon as that was to come about. The NCAA back in January was kind of supposed to start moving and voting on, you know, name, image, and likeness rules, trying to allow players to actually make money off themselves while they're in college instead of basically having them scrounge up for money and going with the old line. Education is the real reward, which (laughs) education is a reward, but money is also (laughs) helpful in certain instances. That's just my view. Um, The Illinois House uh, voted on, uh, let's see, the 29th. What day was that? that Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. Mm Um, pretty decisive vote. Nice, uh, 95... little news, nice little news dump on a Memorial Day. Weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, 95 yay, 18 nay, 5 no votes um, in favor of college athletes being allowed in the state of Illinois being mm-hmm. allowed to be paid for their likeness. Um, the guy at the forefront of that bill 
uh, is a Chicago uh, State representative. De- Democrat, Cam Buckner, who mm-hmm. used to play at the University of Illinois. Played so. football for the Illinois. Yeah, so uh, pretty cool. And Illinois football, a couple days late, but like you said, it was uh, Memorial Day, so maybe they were just a little slow to get to things. And there's a lot of recruiting going on, mm-hmm. which, we'll, which we've touched on. But Illinois Athletics released kind of a statement yesterday. Uh, I'll just read it. The University of Illinois Division of Intercollegiate Athletics supports the landmark legislation passed by the General Assembly over the holiday weekend. It would be really weird if they didn't support that. (laughs) Uh, For the first time, collegiate student-athletes will have the ability to monetize the value they personally bring to an open market while maintaining important distinctions between college and pro athletics. We consistently support those initiatives that are in the best interest of the student-athletes. Um, and in the absence of a national solution to address this important issue, so there's a little shout across about the NCAA, uh, this state-based legislation is a positive and necessary step toward modernizing the landscape of college sports. Well, it's interesting, too, because this kind of goes into a further debate about the, the amateur model that has been antiquated for some time with the mm-hmm. NCAA when yep. they're making billions off of television deals for NCAA tournament right. and March Madness and, and the bowl system and, and the college football playoff. It's going to be curious, though, too, because... Not every college athlete at the University of Illinois is going to be able to. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to make buku bucks off no. of this. There's going to be a handful of athletes that should be able to make a fairly substantial amount so, of to money. To bring up a name that I brought up earlier in this podcast for a totally different reason, think like a Reggie Bush type. Like yeah, exactly. Somebody who could have made a, a ton of money just uh-huh. because they were he, well, awesome he, and he they kinda, were marketable. kind of did make some money in college, uh, okay. legally. But you know what? Legally, maybe bad example. Legal, bad example. Legal, legal <laughs> channel. No, but you think back to a guy like Reggie Bush at the height of his college career, it would be easy to see him being in sure. car, car commercials. Oh, or, yeah. You know, this is... This legislation allows athletes to um, have the opportunity to be in advertisements, mm-hmm. to uh, have autograph signings. The key like, factor I think that's going to be interesting to watch is how they use social media oh yeah. to build their brand and also make mm-hmm. money off of it as well. You can be uh, a social media influencer on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or whatever you want to do and, yeah. and how much companies are willing to invest you know their their resources into you is, mm-hmm. is going to be what i think is is going to be intriguing and it makes sense for illinois to release those statements on on twitter on tuesday as, as recruiting ramps up because they want to make it known to prospective student athletes because mm-hmm. that's going to be a conversation that they're gonna have to have sitting in these kids living rooms in the next couple of years is how they go about parents are going to have questions about this mm-hmm. athletes are going to have questions about this how do they go about making the most of of these opportunities so yeah. it's uh it's a whole different college landscape these days, and it's a good move, yeah. um, for sure. I think uh, I think you agree with that as well, Colin. Hundred uh-huh. percent. Um, yeah, it's just going to be very interesting to see how that maybe balances or shifts the the powers, especially in in Power Five at Power Five schools and in college athletics. Yeah, Illinois is far from the first state to come out with this type of legislation, especially states down south mm-hmm. have been very proactive yeah. in this, which isn't surprising considering how much of the actual economy in some of those states is actually driven by college football teams Mm -hmm. and college athletics but yeah i mean just looking at the the way that um brett bielema went about 
assembling his staff, he, he knew something like this was probably on the horizon. Maybe he didn't know the state was going to vote on it this quickly, but he at least knew maybe the NCAA would come around eventually and do something. And the NCAA kind of ha- is going to have to at some point because mm-hmm. all these states are doing their own legislation now and this will just become more of a problem uh with different states doing different things and the ncaa just going well go do your own thing that's (laughs) going to be more of a problem than it is a solution after a while so the ncaa will have to do something which is a good thing but getting us back to illinois yeah illinois has been kind of on top of this from the get-go this is one of those things brett bielma's not shy about you know kind of subtle bragging like (laughs) we were the first to do this or we were among the first to do this he's never been shy about bragging about that kind of stuff and in this case i think he's right he's one of those guys who was kind of on top of assembling a staff to actually deal with this name image and likeness deal and trying to maximize these guys potential i feel like looking back in recent history obviously illinois football has struggled in recent years but i think of a guy like juice williams or a guy mm-hmm. like nathan shielhaus who could have made some decent money like in more recent times obviously illinois has illinois most standout athletes have kind of been offensive linemen which aren't the most marketable guys typically <laughs> and the and the they're usually the, and most, the place kickers they're usually the best <laughs> interviews though in a team. yeah it, i mean if it, maybe we could get caleb griffin a, a deal somewhere <laughs> at, like illinois place kickers and offensive linemen have been some of their best players recently um, but, you know, it's just a great opportunity. Guys have to decide how they want to use it, if they want to use it. And it's it's some guys might not, everybody wants to make money, of yeah. course, but some guys just aren't that comfortable in the spotlight either. This isn't going to be something for everybody, and that's totally fine. But just to have that option available is really important. All right, some of these guys we're going to talk about next could probably uh, profit off their, oh, yeah. their name, image, and likeness. Uh, last week on, on Inside Atlanta Football, we did our draft around 10 returning Big Ten quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to kind of keep the same theme this year. We're just going to, or this week, we're just going to shift it to running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Colin has done some studious research to uh, enlighten myself, so I sound at least sure. somewhat knowledgeable. When Matt did this for me yesterday <laughs> with the quarterbacks, so, or last, last week, week, I should say. All, yep. all the days blur together. They really Colin. do. It's. Uh, I will say this before we start, and I said this to Matt before we went on the air. Giving a quick look, a cursory look at each Big Ten team's running back room shows me that Illinois' running back room is probably in one of the best positions of all the Big Ten right now. Um, you know, Ohio State will just find random dudes to yeah. throw out there and they'll be five-star NFL prospects. But beyond that, I mean, I look at Nebraska's running room for that week zero slash week one game. It's not good. They only have freshmen and sophomores, which doesn't have to be a bad thing. There's some freshmen and sophomores who we're going to pick on yeah. this list. But I think they have like a combined 200 rushing yards in the college level. Like it's not good. And there's no transfers coming in to save them because Nebraska's not a winning program right now. It's... Yeah, Illinois is not in a bad spot with its running backs. We'll just leave it at that. All right, let's get started, Colin. You get the first pick. Uh, we're, we're selecting Big Ten running backs who are returning, uh, mm-hmm. or at least have played in college before. Yeah. They're, they're transferring. There's to a couple interesting names on this list in that regard. But so go, go ahead, Colin. I'm going to start with uh, Mo Ibrahim over yeah. at Minnesota. Proven commodity. Um, yeah, proven commodity. Carried the ball 201 times last season, which is, I, I like a good workhorse running back. Uh, did that uh, on only seven games. Yeah, it's a ridiculous run total. Got over 1,000 yards, which is was really hard to do during the COVID season, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, in some other conferences, it was probably a little easier to get over 1,000. But yeah, Mo Ibrahim, whenever he plays against Illinois, I feel like he's a destructive force. Uh, 15 <laughs> touchdowns last season is a total nobody else in the Big Ten could get anywhere near. So I think he's a pretty good overall first pick. All right, I'm going to 
Uh, I think I went last week with my first pick, C.J. Stroud at yeah. Ohio State. Uh, I'm going to stay with the Buckeyes because they're, the they're the best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go with Master T the third. Yeah. Mind you, that's just a really cool name. It I is. think he'd find himself on any all-name team. But mm-hmm. uh, he had 514 yards last year, eight touchdowns in only seven games as a sophomore while splitting carries with Trey Sermon. And also uh, with Justin Fields at the helm, uh, CJ Sh- with C.J. Shroud likely the starting quarterback for Ohio State. And not a lot of experience. Teague is someone that Ryan Day could probably rely on. And um, Ohio State always produces good running backs. Yeah, so right. uh, I feel pretty good in, uh, in Teague with my first pick. Yeah. This ahead, unlike Colin. the quarterbacks draft, where after like the first two rounds, I feel like it really tailed off. This, this draft is pretty deep, actually. Okay. Um I'm gonna go with uh, go a little outside the box here, maybe, and go with a guy who wasn't in the Big Ten last season. I'm gonna go okay. with John Lovett over at Penn State. Right. Uh, he was at Baylor for the last four years. Okay. Just did not get a lot of rope last season after three really solid seasons with the Bears. But he finished with 355 carries for over 1,800 yards and nearly 20 touchdowns, which would rank pretty highly among the Big Ten for the last four years. I, I can pretty confidently say that without looking at the entire last four years of Big Ten running backs. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I think John Lovett is going to be a good addition at Penn State with the other running back we have on this list who is probably going to get picked as well. All right. Uh, my second pick, uh, I'm going to go with uh, probably a dependable safe choice in the fact that every year doesn't really matter. Iowa's always got a running back mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily stand out by any stretch of the imagination. It's not like they're a, a Melvin Gordon or a Corey Clement at right. Wisconsin, and um, but they're just Iowa builds its offense kind of on a pro style offense. Yep. They don't really ask their quarterback to do all that much. Uh, really rely on the play action game. Uh, and Tyler Goodson yep. last season uh, ran for six hundred six six hundred and fifty six yards, six touchdowns in only seven games uh, for the Hawkeyes. But just a a nice, sturdy, dependable option there. Uh, plays a full season this year. Maybe he gets close to a thousand yards. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and wait and see what he does. But just with Kirk, knowing what you get out of a Kirk Ferentz offense, um, Goodson to me just kind of seems like a, a nice player to have and and one that uh, can help help the offense move the ball down the field. Okay. I've got two names circled for my next pick, and I think, again, I'm going to go into the transfer portal. Um, I don't know (laughs) why I'm favoring the transfer portal, but I just am. Stephen Carr, who is over at Indiana now. Um, They need somebody to fill in for Stevie, whose last name is Stevie Scott. Scott. Thank Mm -hmm. you. I don't know why I can remember his first name, but not his last name. Because you don't really hear many running backs called Stevie. Stevie Scott, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Stephen Carr is the new guy over there, and especially with Michael Penix coming off a a severe injury last season, they might – looked for Carr to to run the ball a little more than he might have if Penix was coming back and healthy, completely healthy, not off an injury. Uh, But Carr's stats, he was at USC for four years. Obviously, Illinois fans are pretty familiar with what can come out of USC and how good that can be with the Josh Imator-Bebe experience. Uh, But Stephen Carr had uh, 264 carries for over 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns in four years at USC. Another guy who was pretty good early in his career and then just didn't get a lot of play. Uh, as a senior, so uh, yeah, I look for him to, to make a good impact at IU, and I'm taking him third. It's crazy to think that Indiana is getting a transfer from USC. <laughs> that but, is, uh, we have entered a different universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and a guy that 
probably will likely see a lot of, a lot of yeah. carries this season. I use getting a transfer from USC and Nebraska can't buy a transfer. <laughs> it's it's really a weird world. Don't, don't tell that to Nebraska fans, <laughs> uh, which they'll be here in full force most likely. They might beat me up. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll be in, hopefully you'll be safe in the press box, Colin. <laughs> Uh, let's see. My third pick, I'm going to go with someone that a lot of people know in, in Champaign-Urbana. Uh, kind of burst onto the scene uh, a little bit last season. And I think given the fact that you got a new offensive staff in place at Illinois, and, and like I said earlier in the podcast, what Brett Bielema has done in, in the past with running the ball, uh, Chase Brown, uh, I think, is a guy that yep. could really – surprise some people oh, yeah. uh not only across the big 10 but also just on the national national landscape especially the first month or so of of the illinois season um he's a guy that rushed for 540 yards last season only three touchdowns i know he'd obviously like that number to increase but did so on on only 104 carries uh in eight games last year mm-hmm. twin identical twin of of safety Sidney <laughs> brown transferred from western michigan before the 2019 season didn't really play much in 2019 but then kind of became the top option for illinois in the backfield last season and like we discussed earlier if mike epstein's not back that only bodes more carries likely for oh yeah for Brown, who just kind of has that shiftiness that you want to say, but also the he kind of gives off the vibe, too, that he's not afraid to run over people as right. well. Uh, so a nice multidimensional back uh, for Illinois to use. And mm-hmm. if he keeps progressing like that and, and the pace he had last year, wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes close to uh, a 1,000 yards rushing for, for yep. the Illini this fall. Yeah, I agree. Chase Brown was the guy I was weighing along with Stephen Carr, so that's a good pick, I think. Um, my fourth pick, I'm going to stay in the state and anger people in the process by going with Cam <laughs> Porter up at Northwestern uh, as a freshman. Carried the ball 81 times, only 333 yards, five touchdowns in eight games. I mean, they're not amazing numbers, mm-hmm. but as a freshman, and they're pretty good numbers in the yeah. Big Ten, I would think. A lot of freshmen coming into the Big Ten get beat up or they don't play at all. So uh, for a team in, in Northwestern that's uh, – I mean, th- their offense was kind of overshadowed by their defense, I think. Uh, I still think Cam Porter managed to, to stand out pretty well. And uh, he's a guy who, as a freshman, obviously has a lot of room for upward growth, I think. So I'm going to take him fourth. All right. Uh, my fourth pick, um, not really a household name right now, although given the school that he plays at, he definitely has the opportunity to do so if uh, Jim Harbaugh can get Michigan back to where Michigan mm-hmm. fans want them to be and competing for Big Ten titles and a shot in the college football playoff. Uh, Michigan obviously has had great, great running backs throughout its storied history, um, but it's been kind of hard-pressed to really kind of pick one ever since Mike Hart left uh, Michigan in the late 2000s. You know, I grew up watching Tyrone Wheatley at, at Michigan and Tim Biakabatuka, and it just seemed each and every year Michigan had a guy that was the stud running back, and they really seem to haven't had that for, for quite some time. So maybe Hassan Haskins is that guy for the Wolverines. Uh, had 61 carries last year for 375 yards, six touchdowns in six games, so a touchdown a game, so that's a good a good average to have. And um, we'll just have to to see if he becomes that bell cow for, for the Wolverines. But uh, my fourth pick, I, I'm going with Hassan Haskins from, All right. from Michigan. My so you got fifth and final pick? Yes, my fifth pick. Uh, the two guys I'm going to be picking between both put up over 100 yards on Illinois in a game last season, one in a win, one in a loss. 
Um, so I already have one Penn State quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and take two. This is the only team that's going to get double representation on this list, I think, <laughs> pretty much because Maryland, Michigan State, uh, Nebraska, and Wisconsin did not really have any good options mm-hmm. to go with here. Um, Kevani Lee, Kevani Lee, who just by cursory glance at his Twitter account is selling two PS5s right now. So <laughs> there you go. Um, he just posted that like yesterday. So if you need a PS5 and live in the Penn State area, go ahead and hit him up. But from a football perspective, um, 89 carries, 438 yards, four touchdowns. Again, not amazing numbers, but another freshman. So a lot of room for upward growth. And obviously, out of that 438 yards with over 100 coming against Illinois, he saved some of his best for last. So that's a good sign. All right, my fifth and final pick, I'm going to go kind of high upside. Um, looking at the, the long-term prognosis, I think this is a guy that going into fall camps across the country isn't going to get a lot of love and publicity, but he should because he plays at a school that has produced notorious running backs like Ron Dane and Melvin Gordon and Corey Clement and handful and Jonathan Taylor and mm-hmm. a handful of other great Wisconsin running backs over the years. And that's Jalen Berger. Uh, okay. Only rushed for 301 yards last season on 60 carries, so just over five yards a carry. Only had two touchdowns. Only did play in four games, though, for Wisconsin as a freshman last season. Um, like we mentioned last week, with Graham Mertz back at quarterback, mm-hmm. Wisconsin has a known commodity under center, unlike in previous seasons where the running back is the star of the show sure. in, in Madison. But you just have to think, too, with the offensive philosophy that Paul Christ has and the uh, offensive line that Wisconsin always trots out each and every year that Berger's going to be able to put up his numbers and maybe become a guy that just kind of burst onto the scene that not a lot of people were, were really anticipating. Plus, I think, too, Wisconsin really doesn't have that many other proven options behind him. So sure. maybe he kind of becomes that number one ball carry for the Badgers. So my fifth and final pick, I'm going Jalen Berger. You know, I kind of I think I discounted Berger a little too early when I said Wisconsin didn't really have a very good option. You know, kind of comparing him to two of the other guys mm-hmm. who I had up here, Xander Horvath at Purdue and Isaiah Pacheco at, at Rutgers. I think Berger is probably a better option for your final pick than those two guys. Thank you, Colin. I feel good now <laughs> that you gave me your, your vote of confidence. So thank you. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 21 of Inside the Line at Football. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week for more.